Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm guessing that while you were having lunch with your mother, and thanks for that detail, uh, you were trying to figure out where the best match for the Nets and all the other 29 teams would be. Of those 29, which is the one that makes the most sense for Brooklyn? Because Josiah has already shown that he doesn't take orders from players very well. So which is the one that Sean Marks could bring to Josiah and get a positive response? I, I think it's whichever one would throw in a couple first-round picks, right? And I'd go back to the summer because... This Lakers stuff just never stopped with Kyrie, specifically. And it was always, all right, well, the Lakers would throw in the Russ deal and a first-round pick. I am sure if the Nets are sitting there over the next few days and saying, well, we want two first-round picks. And whichever team is willing to do that, uh, you know, there's some chatter about the Clippers. We, we heard that maybe the Mavericks get involved. You know, who knows how this thing actually ends up playing out. But... The, the draft capital involved, I would think, would would sway Cy to say, all right, you know, let's let's move forward. But so much of any Kyrie conversation centers around Kevin, and it has from the beginning, and will continue to be that way as which whatever iteration of this net era comes to an end here. I, this is why, though, I would go back in time and I tell you. That, three months ago when all hell was breaking loose out here, to me, that's when they should have pressed the button to begin with. Because what's happened is, well, okay, they won 18 of 20. They beat a lot of bad teams during that stretch, and it felt, even in the moment, like plenty of fool's gold when you compare them to the top tier in the East. So now they're stuck again, and they're trying to figure out whether or not Kyrie is going to make this whole season implode if they hang on here for another week. And, and then try to figure out what happens after that. But the answer to that question is the draft picks that become involved so that they don't lose that slot. Because, guys, if Kyrie walks and they get nothing for him and they lose that slot, it reminds me of the D'Angelo Russell-Kevin deal from years ago. And it's just gone. So you've got to do everything you can to protect that because they're already so far over the cap. But I'd remind you, this ties into Ben Simmons again because you traded for a guy you thought was going to be a max player, and he just hasn't been since he's gotten there. Nick Ferdell with us here on Damon and Ratto. Let's wrap up with this. Beyond the full-on blow-up-the-league DEFCON 1 trade for Kevin Durant, what do you think the Warriors do six days from now? Is there a trade or is there no trade? Stick and stay. And of players, Warriors might be able to put on the market to get value back. Wiseman, Moody, Poole, Wiggins. I mean, a couple of those names would have to be in play for anyone that is Kevin Durant. Would any of those names be in play for someone lesser than Kevin Durant? What do you think they do? It all, it all to me, Damon, centers around Poole. Uh, it it really becomes, all right, what what are you going to do? And I know you and Ray have talked a lot about this, and it will continue to be a, a point of conversation. But it's not just 
over the next few days with the trade deadline. It's what happens in the summer. Because when you sign that deal, you thought, okay, he is going to be one of these next faces uh, as the Warriors work through whatever's going to happen with Clay and Draymond and Steph. If you are serious about winning a title this year, I would think that uh, he gives you uh, the potential of, of getting somebody serious in return. And even more this summer, if nothing happens in the short term, uh, are you committed moving forward to him being one of those guys, given what you've seen so far to start this year? So uh, after all of that, I, you know, Wiseman, he's just not been what they thought. Uh, he, he has not lived up to any kind of a potential, and, and from the looks of it, he hasn't really gotten better. With Draymond and Clay, you know, they don't have that much value to another team right now, given the stage they're at in their careers, especially with Draymond and the uncertainty uh, that is on his deal. Uh, Clay has shown a little bit more, but he just hasn't been that consistent player that we were used to seeing before all the injuries. So you whittle all that down. Wiggins has been really, really solid, but he's been hurt this year. To me, not only again in the next couple of in the week or so, but moving forward into the summer, it centers around pool. Whatever they do there will determine uh, what happens moving forward with this organization. Always a pleasure. What 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 was for lunch, by the way? What did you and mom get? She got a turkey Reuben. I got a or a, a tuna tuna Reuben. I got a club. Okay, strong all the way around. Are you going to stick that on ESPN? Are you paying it for your, for your? Are you paying for oh, I, it? I paid for my mom. Thank you very much. So, wait, does a tuna Reuben have sauerkraut on the tuna? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that works. Oh, yeah. It, it played. All right. I'm not a tuna fan, but you know. All right. It it worked. Okay. I there's an experiment out there in the sandwich world. I'm going to need to run. Thank you very much, Nick Ferdell. I miss you guys. Talk to you later. Miss you too. I mean, I love tuna. I love a Reuben. Putting them together, I never... I mean, does, do you smother your tuna fish in Thousand Island dressing? No, what you do is you drink an entire bottle of Listerine at the end of lunch. Otherwise, you're going to fell people just breathing. That's... I mean, I, I just never in my entire life would have put the words tuna and Reuben together. It sounds like the sort of thing that only old people would eat because most of their taste buds decay with time so it's it's one of those it's like it's so aggressive on the tongue you can actually taste it yeah it's the reason why old people also bought lots of two buck chuck because that was the one thing you could taste there was, it was also pretty good left. for a minute there it was it was good well then then well there's a story behind it but right charles shaw we all know it we we know but we no know. yeah he, he his marriage blew up and he had to sell to the franzia boys and the franzia boys promptly turned it into Windex. Swill, yeah. yeah. Kevin Durant to the Golden State Warriors. You hear that and you think, what? Impossible. Not because he might not want to come or the Warriors might not want him, but I don't know what they have to give. Well, without- would, I mean, you got to take Wiggins. I mean, that's a because you need a max deal going that direction, right? Yeah, okay. So it's Wiggins. It's definitely... Moody, it's definitely Kaminga, it's definitely Wiseman. You're basically giving up on all of your youth. That doesn't. I don't think that gets it done. And I don't know if that's enough to actually get it done either. No, you've got. I think you've got to. You can. You can forget Wiseman and and Moody. They don't have any value. They might, but they don't have any trade value for a guy like Durant. You'd have to get draft choices, and you'd have to get Wiggins, and you'd have to get Poole. And you'd probably have to get give up Kaminga. And I don't know that they have the draft capital to give up just simply physically. I, I don't think they have the draft choices for that. And I have to have to see if the money even works out because, again, the money's got to match. Yeah, and I don't know. Well, Poole would have to be in the trade because you at least have a fighting chance. Of the, and even that, I don't think they could move Poole this year anyway, right? That's another question that I have. So um, I don't think this could be done now. I don't. So I, yeah, I don't think they can make the money match. Can they move... Wiggins, based on the fact that they just he's in the first year of his extension. See, I'm not. I don't know. I'm I don't, not I'm the not, capologist. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I tell you what, Lucas, you want to start working the trade machine, see what we could actually put together 
for Kevin Durant. Or, you know what I could also do? I could just start hitting myself in the head with a sledgehammer right now. Probably is. Why don't you both do that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably as useful an exercise. Yeah, no, I I, I just don't know that, that, that's, that that's doable. I mean, I, I've seen the teams that could put packages together and nobody's mentioning the Warriors as an option. I saw Anthony Slater mention that Draymond Green is questionable tomorrow night against the Mavericks with a right calf tightness. Clay Thompson questionable with a non-COVID illness. Steph Curry probable with a lower left leg contusion after he fell last night against the Nuggets. So there you are. All of the Golden State Warrior news, speculation, conjecture that you could possibly extract from a Kyrie Irving trade rumor. It's what we do. For you, so you don't have to bother doing it where you live. On 95.7 The Game, when we do come on back, a call or two on that topic. And where you're moving off the NBA for a moment or two. We do have Steve Kerr joining us at 5 o'clock to get into the nitty-gritty of the Warriors. Of a huge symbolic passing of the torch between LeBron and Kareem. He's only 63 points behind. That will hopefully be off the schedule before the Lakers actually appear on the Warriors schedule. That is a circus coming to town that I'm sure Steve Kerr would rather not be dealing with. He's got his own circus to deal with. Is it that much of a three-ring circus? We got all that. And again, we're going to put football, medical procedures, and officiating under a little bit of a microscope. Because all the microscope that the medical community has put on the NFL really hasn't made it any safer at all. Stick around. Damon and Ratto, much more still coming up here. Uh, we are brought to you by the San Francisco Gift and Jewelry Center. It is Valentine's Day around the corner. You want to make it special? Well, with over 75 showrooms in one location this Valentine's Day, let the San Francisco Gift and Jewelry Center help you make someone's uh, Valentine's Day unforgettable. Visit 888 Brandon Street or shop online at sfgcjm.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Uh, you want to be a sheriff? 
Ray, how do you think you'd do as a sheriff? I'd be indicted in a week. Visit sfsheriff.com. Apply today. Unless you think you might also be indicted within a week's time, that's probably not the gig for you. But if you're on the up and up, sfsheriff.com. Apply today. Remember our guests, including Steve Kerr, who's going to join us live at 5. Join us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Uh, We are going to give you some more skinny on the NBA with Steve. Obviously, it's a frustrating road trip with those back-to-back losses and back-to-back games. The one thing that we can tell you that the Warriors are good at is being a Pretty good team at home. They are 19-6 and six at home. That's good for a 76 winning percentage. And they got four of their next five at home. And the time to play good basketball is now. We are six days in front of the NBA trade deadline. We just talked about an awful lot of that with Nick Friedel. And, you know, he did bring up the DEFCON 1 option. That is simply, what if Kevin Durant... Oh boy, here we go again. All right, Lucas, you've been crunching some uh, some some numbers on the trade machine. W- what do you got? So it gets a little bit difficult because the Warriors, and I checked my sources, the Warriors cannot trade Andrew Wiggins until October because he did sign that extension in the offseason. So he right. will be a Warrior through the end of this season. There is the, the tough part always in these trades is matching the money, but it can be done. So what I've drawn up for you is... Do I have to trade Steph Curry to get Kevin Durant? You do not. Because that's probably a non-starter. But you may have to trade the second most impactful player on this Warriors roster, who is Draymond Green. So it would be Draymond, James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, and however many first-round picks the Nets need on top of that for Kevin Durant. So probably, let's say two firsts. Two firsts, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, and Draymond Green for Kevin Durant. Hmm. I mean... If Draymond's walking anyway, or isn't a not going to fit him into the future plan situation anyway, Draymond and Jordan Poole being forever linked together, even in a trade, that would be a little... No one expected that when you know what happened. Um, I'm going to give it a uh, 1% chance. I That's generous. Because on the other hand, on the other side of that deal... Brooklyn's going to want more than two two picks because the picks they'd get would be down the road because the Warriors aren't swimming in picks now. And I think they'd want more immediate help. And truthfully, the Warriors aren't providing enough living help now to make up for Kevin Durant. So, I yeah, I don't, I don't see how that works. We go to Warriors Ron, who's been waiting patiently in Berkeley. What's going on, Warrior Ron? You want to talk deadline? What do you got? Yes, I got um, two trades, one short-term, one long-term, and a couple short scenarios. But I like um, Bible for Wiseman. And the reason is it seems like the the development is taking a little bit too long. Um, for the organization and Kerr, I could see a little bit of frustration there. Why? 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 Why would the other team want James Wiseman? Thibel for Wiseman. Why would Philadelphia do that? Well, I, for one thing, um, I think Thibel's on the bench right now, and I think that they could wait as far as the development. It's taken a while. I see a development of at least two, maybe three years for Wiseman. The development is very slow. It has been, and I think and, Philadelphia would notice yeah. that too. And it, real quick, and it, you said yet another one. We'll take it. So the other one is the long term. You guys hit on it pretty good. You took Wiggins out of the trade, but what I would do for Durant would be Pool, Green, Kaminga, and Wiggins, and. Thank you very much for the phone call. You are out of the realm of mathematic reality in that now. Well, you can't trade Wiggins anyway. Right. You're talking about doing this deal now. So that's it. That's the non-starter. But thanks for listening. Um, you know, I mean, Durant has obvious appeal, but don't forget, Joe Tsai played hardball during the summer, so I cannot imagine they're all of a sudden going to be in a generous mood now. He probably isn't, but at the same time, 
he's got to be looking at this like it just it ain't gonna happen. Like this is not the version of a team that will deliver this franchise to where I want it to be someday. I mean, it is obvious that this current inception of the Brooklyn Nets is dead on arrival. But here's here's the other thing: if if Nick Friedle's right, and that any Durant deal would have to include Ben Simmons. Now you're talking about two massive salaries, not just one. So I don't know how the math works in that situation with anybody because now it's two max deals. You can't, you would have to, if you were the Warriors, you have to start putting Stephen Curry in that, in that discussion. And I think that's the non-starter he is. Well, was that for a Kyrie deal or a Durant deal? A Durant deal. Well, you couldn't take both. No one could. No, well, that's my point. And and I, I think if, if and I'm this was Fredell's concept. It said if you're going to do that, you have to get they, the the Nets have to get Simmons off the roster too. We go to the dog trainer in Milpitas. Dog trainer. Yeah, hey, how you guys doing? Great show. Always like to hear you guys when I'm driving, especially in the crazy weather. Makes life easier. Thank you. Hey, so I got I got two quick comments. The first one is, we all know it's a lot easier to know where you're going to do something. And when you play offense, you know where you're going. When you play defense, you don't. So that makes the game mentally twice as hard. Then, when you're on offense, it's easy to run where you want to go and move where you want to move. So your body does something at one level. But when you've got to play defense, I would rather play offense for, for 28 or 30 minutes and not have to play any defense than to play 15 or 18 minutes of offense and some tough defense because it, it takes a lot more out of you to play both ways, just like in football. And that's what you've seen with the Warriors. you got guys that can still pop some threes. You, they can still move the ball. They can still score. But they're not playing any D because they're getting old. And that's the problem with this team. If you show me any of these guys can run a quarter the length of the floor and make up ground on a fresh guy on the floor – Show it to me, but I don't see Curry stripping any balls, catching people from behind. I don't see Clay running up and catching guys to get by him and catching them from behind. I don't see that anymore. Well, look, I, let me I, let me just say this. I think that the I think that the we are as superior of an athlete as the team that we're playing against, who is you know markedly younger than us. I think that those days are those days are behind them. But I'm not looking at a lethargic instantly old visibly old basketball team i'm just i'm not looking at that i'm not not seeing it it's not a lack of ability to do it or you're so old you can't do it it's too much fouling it's too much reaching it's too much making it easy and and i i don't think it's an age problem and if it's an age problem how come the young guys on this team aren't able to fill the bill with all their, you know, pent up young man frustrations in them and all that energy that they're supposed to have that the older guys no longer possess. I, I it, it, And they didn't all get old simultaneously. Last year they led the league in defensive rating. Now they're like fourteenth and they're lucky to be that. Um you know, I think it's I think it's the inconsistency of their defense because they do show flashes when they can do what they've done in the past, but they don't sustain it. And I don't think that's age. I think that's attention to detail. And I think it sometimes it, it shows up in the young guys. Sometimes it shows up in the veterans. But it's clear that their devotion to that end of the floor has waned as a group. How about this? If anyone wants to call in with another trade idea, it has to be based in reality. Can, can we just agree on that? That any trade idea that you're going to bring up here uh, just can't be like, I want to trade you this player for all the fond memories I have of players that don't even exist anymore. Like, let's let, let's at least be delving into things that could happen, not wish could happen. That's going to cut down on a lot of calls. That's that's what I'm looking for. And I will say this, Marillo, who you have on your board will bring up a good one because I've heard his idea before. And I will also say that, Ray, um, it, it was 
Simmons and Kyrie have to be linked together because it doesn't make any sense if Kevin Durant. It, it wouldn't make any sense for the Warriors if Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons had to be traded together. It's too much money. All right. be able to this win. is uh, Marillo in Petaluma with his well thought researched uh, trade idea. Hello. Hey guys, uh, listen to you guys every day. First time calling, uh, but um, well, my trade idea is realistic. Um, it's a guy that could help. The problem is uh, a, a team that will hit the seller market right now. I don't think they will be interested in trading for Wiseman as a big because you have this French kid coming down the pipe. And if you're about to tank and give up on the season, you might as well aim for him instead of Wiseman. My trade suggestion would be Wiseman. Moody and a pick, maybe, for Kyle Kuzma. The salaries match. He could help us right now. But I'm not sure if the Wizards are interested, right? I don't, yeah, you would have to gauge the interest of them. But that's a deal that if I were the Warriors... Here's the thing. There is a certain point where they need to stop worrying about the what might be and pivot to the what is. And what is, is... The rarest and probably last chance you're going to ever have to repeat as NBA champions. How seriously do you take that? How serious of a franchise goal is that? If it's a serious goal to repeat as champions, then yeah, you give up what is further down the road future for an immediate return right now. Kyle Kuzma doesn't sound like he is the sole difference between this team winning a title or not. But then who could ever make the argument that James Wiseman would be that? Because he can't even get out there and play. They need guys who are actual bodies who play basketball in the NBA this month. (laughs) Yeah, and and Kuzma's actually been pretty useful for Washington. So that's not not even close to a conceivable deal. At least for for the Wizards. I mean, the Warriors would do it yesterday, but... You have to get the other guys to agree. You can't just kidnap players. That's too bad. Although I do believe that is the plot of a, like a bad Damon Wayne, Stan Aykroyd movie. Boston is Pride, it? Pride of the Celtics. Is that a, where they kidnap the other team's player? I'll take your word for it. But, yeah, it, it was but I would movie. agree it sounds like a bad movie. It is a bad movie. Uh, we have uh, the best laid intentions of an entire league not paying off. And this is... Look, I... When I said yesterday that load management is a con, maybe that's a little bit too strong because there is some science backing it up. But the whole point is you got no amount of science that can predict an injury. You can be leaning towards, well, this might happen, this could happen, this may happen, but it's all it's all gobbledygook. It it really is. Nothing is guaranteed in sports. You can't make dangerous sports less dangerous based on our equation says X equals Y. It just, it doesn't work. And to me, it's nonsense to go about trying to run a league, trying to sell a league under those circumstances. And that, I guess, brings me to football, Ray, which I I found some very interesting numbers. Uh, Football has never in our lifetimes been under a more intense medical microscope. It has affected the way that the game is played. It's affected the rules. It's affected how it's officiated. It's affected how the game is covered. Uh, landing on a quarterback, should you be lucky enough to drag them down? Again, it's turned into a flaggable offense. You're supposed to bend the sp- time and space continuum to not land on anyone as you're tackling them with all your momentum behind that tackle. It's a, it's a ridiculous ask, and we see it blow up more often than not. Every single action that can possibly be taken to make an inherently unsafe game safer has officially not made the game any safer. (laughs) Okay? And this is with years of new rules being officiated and groomed into player behavior. A rule book built around protecting a quarterback and seasons of grooming players to be more careful around the quarterback has yielded The most quarterback injuries the NFL's ever seen this season. Well, they have 64, 66, 68 different guys, whatever the number was, who started at quarterback or played the position this year, the most ever in the league. You've got concussion prevention, which, Ray, this season has swung in between the lackadaisical all the way to insisting players come out 
of games because a doctor says, well, you look a little woozy, and even though you haven't admitted to it, um, we're going to pull you out of this game whether you want to or not. And with all of that concern, concussions rose significantly this year. What about all those guardian caps that they wore in, in spring training, or not spring training, but in, in, in training camp, and everyone looked like they had a, a, a sort of mattress strapped to their head. That really was going to work out, right? No, didn't work, didn't help at all. Concussions were up 18% year over year. According to data released by the league, there were 149 concussions suffered in over 271 games, an 18% jump and 14% higher than a three-year average between 2018 and 2020. In other words, every single effort football has made to make the game safer has yielded an unsafer product. So let's just from now on reward the defense with a sack should the player fall on top of the quarterback because they're getting hurt anyways. Um, Since the quarterback is the highest paid guy, when he gets hurt, the owner notices. That's why those rules are in place because it's not making it safer. It's asset protection. Right. Well, Nick Bosa's an asset. He's going to get paid as much as some quarterbacks in this league, if not more than many. But he's not going to make $40 million. And that's nobody's going to make thirty three. But that's the that's the guy. The quarterback is the guy that the that the owner notices because the owner's usually not sophisticated about football in that same way. They're, he's going to look and say, "I'm paying that guy forty million dollars, and we're letting him get hurt." No, that's not happening. Well, and that's why. And, wait a minute, it's and not, that's it's, why. But if you want reality, I'm giving you reality. Right. The owners are telling you there are some. Players are not made equal. Wide receivers are now making more because they view that as an adjunct to the quarterback. You know, if he can throw the ball and that guy can catch it, it's more fun for me in the suite. They don't care about Nick Bosa. They just don't. They'll pay him because he's he's rare, but they're not going to give him any protections. Right, but here's the deal. You're in the, your precious quarterback might get hurt anyway business there's no element of you trying to protect him with some magical shield of words or bending what a defense is allowed to do that has made the position safer it's it's it, trying to make the position of quarterback an uninjurable safe position to play it's like trying to remove the gravity from skydiving you can't do it it's inherent in the sport. It's just it. If you're in the I'm queasy when my quarterback gets hurt business, you shouldn't be in the business of owning a football team. Well, the fact is that doesn't make them queasy. But losing losing a guy that you're paying $40 million makes them queasy. Well, whatever. And in fact, if they were going to do that, if they were going to do anything about the quarterback, they'd just say, okay, you can't touch him at all. That's it. Yeah, you, 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 cannot, you can't touch the quarterback. He's... He's safe from any contact. We'd still have non-contact ACL injuries. We'd still have them. Well, maybe, but, you know, if we're talking about concussions, I mean, let's start with this. The numbers on the concussions were provided by the league, and they said, well, that's because we're, you know, we're we're more aggressive at reporting them. Well, I don't trust the league's numbers on anything medically related because they're always trying to chase some sort of PR reward. Yeah, the the sport is inherently un, you know unhealthy, but if you want to find out what actual numbers are, then get independent experts to evaluate all of them. Get the league out of it entirely because they're going to give you data that spins the way they want it to spin. And what they were trying to do with the concussion numbers this year is, is tell you we're paying more attention to it. Yes, there are more because we're more aggressive at noticing it before. Because that's the PR thing they're fighting now. Right. But the at rest least of they it, did report but, an but increase, the other part, though. I yeah, mean, but I, the other part of that study that the league put out today is that injuries in general were down. Well, I'm still, A, it's the league's numbers. So what what basis would you have to trust them anyway? And B... What is it you're trying to tell us? That football is safer except for the head? I mean, I I think they're trying to use sleight of hand to show people, oh, we care a lot more than we do.
What I'm trying to tell you is that they are trying to obtain the unobtainable. Well, no, that, that's absolutely true. I'm not arguing with that. But what I'm saying is their data is skewed to make them look good. Well, I'm, I'm not need, here to argue the about concussion data numbers. Where it comes they from. need I the concussion only... numbers to be up so they could say, see, we pay attention more. But the fact is, no, it, it, they're not going to be able to make it safer unless they do what they would love to do, which is exempt the quarterback from all contact and try to figure out a way to protect their richest guys, their their highest paid guys, at the expense of everybody else. And the fact is, at that point, you don't have a sport. Well, give me quickly an officiating wish list. Like, how do we make this game better, better flowing? Again, there's no way to remove the injury element of it, but removing some human error? That that feels like something the NFL could do. And yeah. before you get into your talking point of there's no incentive for them to make it right, Let's just say it's up to us to put together a wish list and the NFL will adhere to our wish list. So no, I no, I I've been thinking about this since you pitched it two days yeah, ago. Yeah. Um you start with you add three guys onto every crew, put three more guys on the field so you can see more things. Secondly, you hire more crews. And you basically because right now they have 15 crew uh, 17 crews because there are 16 games in in a non-bye week. So they have 17 crews. Make 22. And the five that are doing the poorest job... Get passed over. They get passed over, exactly. And you, you get, okay, half the season, everybody gets the same number of, 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 of assignments. And then we're going to start looking at grades. Because between the added, the added number of officials and the added number of crews, at least you have a level of competition wherein you might have some greater quality control. Second thing is, strip down the rule book and rebuild it because it's way too complicated and way too arcane for the rule book to make sense. And a rule book that doesn't make sense is a rule book that allows players and coaches to figure out ways around it. Right. It's, it's, it's a list of the loopholes you should be looking for, yeah. not the rules you should be adhering to. Yeah. And third, and this goes back to the safety thing, any shot to the head, even if it's inadvertent, gets you thrown out. Period. Whether it's whether it's meant to or not, because nobody, they don't want you to judge intent, and nobody really can. But if you want to be able to say, okay, that's why this is a penalty, you can point to that and say, you hit his head. His head the head's off limit now, limits now forever, and that means offensively as well as defensively. You know, if you're You've got to be able to make the rule book make sense so that one hit in one game can't be replicated in a second game and one be illegal and the other one not be. Look at you. You actually did think about this. I'm impressed. I like your list. I got a couple of things that I'm going to put on the table. We're going to take a couple of calls. Steve Kerr is going to join us at 5 o'clock. This is a hell of a Friday show. Don't you go anywhere, boys and girls. Damon and Rado on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. More red and gold reaction. The licking of the wounds. <laughs> Sponsored by Zenny. The official eyewear of the 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices. Exclusively at Zenny.com. We're going to find Steve Kerr uh, out on the Bud Light guest line coming up in just a little bit at the top of the hour. Looking forward to another good conversation with Coach. See how much he wants to open up about uh, the team, the trade deadline, and the homestand that he's got coming up. Little on uh, LeBron versus Jordan, and we'll see if Steve is uh, indeed uh, celebrating. It's MJ Day, everybody. Happy Michael Jordan Day, Ray. 2-3-23 for those who observe. Yeah, that worked out really well till Kyrie Irving decided he wanted to get moved. Who do you think Kyrie? Who do you think Jordan's more angry at right now? Kyrie stealing his daily thunder, or LeBron here trying to steal his career thunder? I think he's probably most angry at his own team for being awful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he really cares about that. If he does, he's not doing an awful lot to fix it. No, the, no, the, the team's a travesty, but. They still only have a 14% chance of getting Victor Wembanyama. So. That's all you're allowed, though. So that's the best yeah. opportunity it's you can get. It's the best get. he's got, but it's still a 1-7 shot. Hey, 
Take it if you can find it. He might be that good. Uh, we talked about fixing NFL officiating. Real quick, uh, your your list was add three more officials to any one crew. Add more crews, as you said. And then what else did you have? And simplify the rule book. Rule book? So that... Streamline rule book? Yeah. And the other thing that I was going to say, which is about replay, it's you get 30 seconds. If you can't make up your mind by then, play stands is called. Period. And, and the other thing I was I would suggest is you get as many challenges as you can get right. The minute you get one wrong, you not only don't get any more challenges, you lose the timeout. But if you challenge five plays and you're right every time, you keep you can keep challenging. That might lengthen the game, but if you're going to do this. You got to commit to it. Here's the deal. If you wanted to just continue under the current rule book in terms of how replay is initiated throughout the regular season, I'm good with it. If you want to look at every single postseason play, every play in the postseason is now eligible for review. I'm good with that, too. I don't need four and a half hour long regular season games, but if you give me a four hour long postseason game, I won't care at all. I won't even notice. Just get it right in the postseason. I yeah, I mean, I don't know that the TV people will be excited about that, and they're the ones paying a lot of the freight here. Hey, more, more more opportunity for more eyeballs, more ratings, longer broadcast. They found that the longer a game goes, unless it's like going into overtime, if a game starts to drag, they start losing people. So they would they would raise a stink on that. I think you could I you can you could solve two masters or at least appease two masters by you saying as long as you could as long as you can correct a wrong you can keep correcting them but the minute you're wrong there's a price to pay that way there's some strategic uh involvement here and do we want to do we want to try that one because it looks kind of borderline and if we're wrong we screw ourselves so here's my quick wish list for fixing officiating Come postseason, I would eliminate all-star crews. Just give me the crews that work together in the regular season, the most the most consistent, the crews that know how to work together. I don't need an all-star crew of guys trying to out-ump each other. I, I don't. I, I don't need that. And I don't think the NFL needs that either. Consistency is what we're asking for, not all-star crews. So I would do that. Then we're getting pay raises out there. Like I said, this is a wish. It's not what the owners would want to do. It's how I would help fix the problem. Better pay for a better quality official. I would then invest or, you know, what is the infrastructure that would be needed to cover more training? What is that? How do you train officials in the offseason? Where are you sending them? To what league? To what continent? To what simulation of football must they report for round the year training well there isn't one okay so let's build that infrastructure uh, okay can well, we do it with virtual reality augmented reality i don't know i don't know but to me this is where you need to start investing in your officials off seasons and uh, there's a part of me that said turn to the very best of college officials but the truth is like college officiating is so bad i'm not sure the answer for better officiating necessarily lies there but if it ever would lie there having the same rule book in both leagues like college football with nil let's face it this is semi-pro football there isn't anything amateur about it so since they're playing professional football get them the nfl rule book and let's have a standard of where eyes need to be applied to rules that affect the game Go right through the two biggest developmental moments of officials' careers. You know, well, I started in high school. Congratulations. Well, then we knew you were taking it seriously when you went to college. And then we knew you were taking it real seriously if you actually qualify to be an NFL official. So uh, I guess that's me saying simplify the rule book, part of what you, you came up with. Yeah. Um, in terms of developing officials... I mean, yeah, you, you hire more of them and you pay them better. And the only way you can pay them to become guys that you can ask to work as hard as they do in the off season is to make them full time, which means benefits, which means 
all the stuff that you want, you know, a, a, a front office executive to make. A referee should make like half a million, you know, even if it's only, you know, for 15 games, you know. If you're going to invest, best and the brightest, work at it. Yeah. yeah, because the one problem with my scenario about hiring more crews is, it's the scenario that the NBA found when they went from two officials to three, is that you're not getting, if you have fifty officials, and then you hire another thirty so that you can have three man crews everywhere, you're not getting all of a sudden the top thirty guys in the world. You're getting guys fifty one through eighty. So you're getting a lower level of official. That's where you have to basically train the crap out of them. I mean, the NBA doesn't do a great job of training their guys either. Because, they one, they don't allow them to have the common sense that you need in a sport where you are in close proximity to players on every play. And they don't teach them, you know, the, the relationships you have to build with players and coaches. So that you can make sure that... When sandpaper gets thrown in the gears, you can you can solve that without right. a lot of you know. Learn how to play the fiddle. Yeah, um, and that's where it's not just money, it's not just training, but it's a willingness to let them be who they are, rather than try to make them robots. Because officials aren't robots either. It's a it's a it's a profession. That requires at least a fair amount of ego to be able to go to a job as many times as you get sent to a game and get your ass booed off. You have to be able to walk out there with a level of attitude that says, I got this, you don't. Which means you've got to allow them to have a little ego. Because that's the only way you survive getting screamed at by 70,000 people plus 200 people on each sideline for three and a half hours straight. The key to that is really knowing that you know it, not pretending. Not fa- yeah. False bravado from players is one thing. False bravados from uh, from officials is something oh, no, totally it, different. No, because officiating is an art. It's not just a, I know the rule book, I saw that, this is what it means to me. It's, it is an art. The best NBA officials always have been a little bit of an artist because they can solve problems in real time that most people can't. And it's not just remembering what's in the rules. It's about realizing who you're dealing with. And it's a complicated process and it won't get fixed right away, even if they did all this stuff. But they're not showing nearly enough interest in it because they can't monetize officials. And that's how they measure somebody's worth. How much money can we make out of them? Steve Kerr joins us at 5 o'clock. We're looking forward to that. Obviously, the last two games did not go the way the Warriors wanted it to, losing in overtime in Minnesota to show up in Denver, decide we're playing Curry and Draymond tonight, be in a game right up until a third quarter. And then that's when things started to fall apart. Here is Steve Kerr. I thought our guys battled all night um, and that third quarter just uh, was too much. We missed some shots. Uh, I thought their defense picked up and we turned it over a few times. Um, and they they showed why they're the best team in the West right now. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're playing at a high level and that, that third quarter felt like the, the difference. Look, the Nuggets are now 17-0 this season when Jokic has a triple-double. And the Warriors are 1-3 in overtime. That's an unkind situation for them. Just 2-17 and in overtime in their past five seasons. That's a, it's a remarkable number, given how good they've been at times. And uh, obviously, back-to-backs are built to sort of throw a you know wrench in the engine of the Golden State Warriors just based on you know you're not going to see Clay you're not going to see Curry on most nights nor Draymond but they went ahead they pushed the pedal to the metal in Denver and still came up short uh, there is nothing short about Jokic well I mean he's good at everything you know and I thought the game changed in the third quarter when they had a couple of back cuts um, one that led to a layup but then about three more where because we got back cut or the weak side of our defense 
defense pulled in and then they they made shots on the weak side and so literally every time he has the ball everybody's a threat your entire defense has to be engaged and uh, one thing leads to another the threat of his back cut passes opens up somebody from the weak side he's so good at finding um, anybody on the floor at any time and then when the shot clock's winding down he just softly drops in a 17 footer and nothing you can do about it so obviously great great player there's a reason he's two-time MVP and you know obviously a front runner for a third he was remarkable last night he's really really good and he is just he's a matchup problem for the Warriors if they don't have the kind of game that can take him and run him off the court and make him uncomfortable he's built to make them uncomfortable he really is yeah but that were that's that's everybody though and that's why he's the that's why he's the leading candidate for the MVP because he's inherently smart he's got inherently great vision he understands the game at a level that most guys don't he sees the angles and he's this is only like his seventh year I mean he barring injury he'll be he'll be doing this for another 10 years easy because it's not based on athleticism smart never goes away right his game is not based on explosion or speed. This is to me why, if we were really were talking about, like, what, what do you think of Luca? I think Luca's game ages like a fine wine because, again, it's not built on explosion or speed. I've never seen a more deliberate, slowed down basketball player this early in his career. And if you could take a little of that element of Luca, and we're going to talk to Steve about this, and put that into to Jordan Poole. Like Jordan Poole instantly becomes a much better basketball player, just being more patient. And how do you, you know, how, how do you get a guy to slow down when the success of his career to this point has been predicated on all of his quick twitch abilities? You know, I am in this league because I can do it this fast. Okay, great. Can you now slow down? It's a tough ask. It's hard to coach that. It took Jason Kidd about seven or eight years in the NBA to learn that because he thrived in chaos. The faster the game was, the better he liked it because he could make decisions faster than everybody else. Problem was, the decisions he made faster than everybody else included his own teammates. And it took him a while to realize, A, I don't have to be in a hurry all the time, and B, I can still be as creative at this speed that I think I am at this speed. We officially have uh, caught up to Steve Kerr, which means let's start by welcoming everyone to your 5 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.